friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. This is the weekly live show that I do Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Today is August 31st, and first of all, I want to say happy anniversary to me. If you are friends of mine on the Facebook, you would have seen that I posted a nice little tribute to my wife today. It is exactly 20 years that I hooked her, got her on the line, and she said, I do. And it has been 20 years that uh, she has been with me now. She has not left. Not going to say it's been easy, but she is still with me. We are still in love, happily, madly, all those adjectives that you want to say. And uh, instead of us going out to dinner, she said, you got to do a podcast because that's what you do on Wednesday nights and we'll celebrate another time. And so here I am. There is no guest scheduled for this evening because I had this week mapped out for months that I thought we would be doing something special. Of course, the long weekend coming up, so there's still time. But uh, if you want to head over to my Facebook page and find the post, say something about the tribute, that would be fantastic. And let her know that uh, you guys appreciate her putting up with me and softening me up and making me presentable to the world. Um, She has been a fantastic partner and uh, don't think I can imagine anyone the last 20 years uh, putting me in my place and uh, making me the man that I am today. So thank you to Miss Kimberly Ann B. All right. Now, let us get on with the show. I don't have much today, although I do have a couple of stories. The first thing I want to do is, um, well, let's do this. First, let me say thank you to the sponsors. Um, we're going to go backwards this time. So in approximately two weeks, I am going to be in Chicago at TechCon Unplugged, the conference put on by our good friends over at MSP Unplugged, Paco and Rick, September 16th through the 18th. Hopefully, you have gone and purchased your tickets. I think they're getting close to being sold out. This is not one of those big monster conferences where there's going to be thousands of people. There's going to be about a hundred or so of us there. It's going to be a time where you can stand face to face, side by side with other business owners and vendors and have nice, quiet discussions. And um, it's going to be a fantastic time. So September 16th through the 18th, head over to techconunplugged.com and see if there's still tickets. And I will see you there. The live show is brought to you by Computers Done Right, managed service provider in Southwest Florida, doing computer repair and managed services for all the businesses over there. Not only do they do that type of stuff, they also help with your digital marketing and websites. So go over there and uh, support John at Computers Done Right. Thank you very much for sponsoring the live show. And of course, the IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, your number one ally for handheld network testing devices. I pretty much have gone all in on the NetAlly tools. 
Um, we have a show that we're planning to talk about some of the new things that have come out with the etherscope because they were so nice to provide me with a second etherscope, which allows for a lot more uh, discovery and testing opportunities. And so we're going to join up with my good friend, Mike Panaki and talk about all the new things that can be done now that I have a second etherscope. So that will be, uh, I think in a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks um, after the Tecton unplugged. So thank you to our sponsors for the show. Of course, you can always head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. Not only will you be able to catch up on past episodes there, but you too can click on the support the show button and either become a Patreon as a monthly contributor. You can do a PayPal one-time uh, donation. You can also buy me a cup of coffee. And uh, there are other opportunities. I'm doing work with somebody right now. We're going to possibly be doing another uh, sponsorship, uh, business sponsorship, and I appreciate that. And uh, this will help me to continue to bring great shows to you, some of which I did last week when I attended the ASCII Success Summit in Miami. ASCII was kind enough to let me interview some of the people there, some CEOs that I normally would not have access to. Uh, that was very much appreciated. And of course, all the vendors that were there. So I know that I've already released a couple of those episodes and they're just real quick episodes, folks. So you can hop on there. They're 10 to 15 minutes. You get a little quick intro uh, to the person, to the company that they're with. Uh, we talked a little bit of tech. We talked a little bit of, of personal stuff. And I think that they're all going to be great. There's going to be a lot more of those coming down the road, not just the quick interviews from ASCII, but uh, I've developed some pretty good relationships now with some new vendors to the, the show here. Uh, so we're going to be having some new uh, vendors on. We're also going to be having some new businesses, some new MSP owners, some new uh, IT solution providers, and we're going to hear about how they run their businesses. And I think that that's going to help get us back to the time where you know, techs helping techs, business owners helping business owners. There's going to be a lot of things that we can learn from each other and help us grow, which is the whole purpose of this show is to help us do our business better, smarter, and faster. So all that's going to be coming. It's going to be a jammed pack, September, October, and uh, in the words of Matt Rainey, maybe a little jelly packed, and uh, that should be great. I had, uh, just to tell you about, the the show that uh, I went to. So first of all, the hotel. That has got to be one of the nicest hotels that I have been to been to in years. It was the Marriott Marquis. It is in downtown Miami. It is literally three blocks from one of my clients. And no, I did not go visit them while I was there. But it was just an easy trip for me to downtown Miami. Um, places where I normally don't go, but it is a beautiful hotel. If you go there and walk into your room, you think that you're spending four or 500 bucks a night. That's how nice the room was that at least the room that I got. Uh, I'm going to assume that all the other rooms were just as nice because I know that ASCII would not pay for me to be in a really, really nice room, but it was great. The, the hotel itself, again, a very nice hotel smack in the middle of downtown. If you blink, you miss it. It's, it's the, 
that's how tight everything is in Miami. So we get there, we pull in, valet takes my car, bellhop brings all my stuff up to the desk. We go up, I see the nice room. I go downstairs, the vendor area that we were at, the the conference floor was a very nice assembled room, uh, very large room. So, you know, probably one of the bigger conferences like a channel con, um, could be there. I mean, there were probably 15 rooms on our floor alone. I think there's three rooms that are conference room floors. So imagine, you know, putting, you know, 1500, 2000 people on each floor, uh, easily. Uh, it was a pretty big and pretty nice place. I did not go up to the pool. Uh, I have a pool, so no needed, no need for me to see that. Uh, but there was a nice little peekaboo view out to the bay, um, and you could see the bay and out to the ocean. It was a very, very nice view, very nice hotel. ASCII put on a great event, and if you have not been, you should go. Uh, this is one of the, I'm going to call it a premier event, even though it's free. Uh, for the most part, the vendors pay for just about everything. Um, there's no ticket price. Uh, you don't have to be an ASCII member to go. So there are nine of these each year and they move them all over the country. So if there's one that's close to you, I would suggest going, even if you're, you know, three, four hours away, it's a nice quick drive. They will pay for the one night is, it is usually a week, uh, weekday, two weekdays, one night. So Ours was Tuesday, Thursday, no, Tuesday, Wednesday, or they'll do a Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm getting my nights mixed up because I very likely will be going to the Dallas uh, ASCII event, which is October 6th and 7th, and that's a Thursday, Friday. So big news there. I'm going to be traveling west of the Mississippi and uh, possibly doing the ASCII event there. That is the last ASCII event of the year is what they they called the ASCII Cup, big blowout party at the end. And there is a chance, and I'm in discussions with a fellow listener of the show that I may be doing a stay over during the weekend. So I will probably fly in either Wednesday night or Thursday morning, attend the event in Dallas and Oklahoma City is, I believe, three hours from Dallas. So I know of at least two people that are in the Oklahoma City area, and there is talk of uh, meeting up with those two people and anybody else that's in the area and doing a little meetup. So I can't say for sure, but I'm just throwing it out there that if you are either going to the Dallas event or you are in the Oklahoma City area on Saturday and Sunday, please let me know because if we do the meetup, I'd like to visit and for you guys to attend and show up and do all of that. But that's all I can say now. I I haven't made the official decision. Uh, It's already been run by the wife. She has said, yes, you can go. Now it's just a matter of logistics. Um, Actually, it's a matter of finding flights because um, I need to find direct flights to Dallas and then from Oklahoma city back to Fort Lauderdale. And I got to work all that out and that may be a lot of money. So 
October 6th and 7th at Haskey Success Summit in Dallas. And if you're going, please let me know. All right, and let's see here. So I've talked about Haskey, talked about Dallas. Um, I'm going to name drop here. So had a nice visit with Rob Ray from Datto. Had a nice visit with Matt Scully from Red Store. Red Store, uh, I know that I briefly talked about them um, on the show, and then I've had discussions with other technicians out there. Red Store is a company that kind of cold-called me out of the blue. I had never heard of them before. This was earlier in the year, and Red Store is a backup solution for MSPs. They are not a new company. They are a company that's been around for quite a while. They are huge in Europe, and they decided to cross the pond, and they are coming with a vengeance. And I think that they have been at just about every tech conference there is. And Matt Scully is the, I don't know if his official title is channel chief, but uh, we will have him on the show as well and be talking about Red Store. Uh, They are the smarter backup for MSPs. And who else is there? Uh, Josie Keck with App River. So App River is coming back out. Um, even though they, they went through their acquisition through Zix and now open text and they were the vendors. I don't know if I, yeah, I'll say it. So they were the vendors that last week, if you, did I say it? When did I say it? Oh, I was on with, uh, Matt and Sean in preparation of their battle Royale. And so I was doing the podcast with them so the App River, there were two vendors here, two girls from App River here in my office, and I kicked them out so that I could do the show with Matt and Sean. So they were here uh, telling me that App River is reengaging and refocused on making sure that they are the premier company when it comes to 365 and trying to restore their 365 phenomenal support not to say that it was bad, but it it kind of it wasn't what it was. And I let them know that, you know, ain't no sunshine when she's gone because my rep, uh, Robin, which I nicknamed her Sunshine, was no longer there after the acquisition. And it's been a little bit of a bumpy road, but I continued to stay with them. I've got a lot of clients there with App River. So they said, Marvin, we will take care of you. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So those are um, the name droppings that I will pick up here and let you know that those are the people I saw at the ASCII Success Summit. All right. Now, I know that I put the title of the show as Water in the Server Room. Uh Uh-oh. And my time at the ASCII event was in jeopardy because the event was on Tuesday and Wednesday. So went down Tuesday, stayed the night, even though it's less than an hour, an hour from my house. But, you know, just I didn't want to drive in the traffic and all that stuff. And I asked Askey if I could stay. And they said, sure, no problem. So Wednesday morning, I wake up and at 7.05, I start getting alerts on my phone from my Domotes box that servers were going down. And I know that some people had talked about their RMMs having server alerts. And so I wasn't quite sure what was happening, but it was only the one client. So of course I got up, fired up the laptop and started to see if I could log in and see what was going on. The internet for the client was up other. They've got 
eight servers at that location and only four were down. And of course I thought, Ooh, might be a failing Wattbox because I still had at that time the Wattbox 500 series, which if any of you have been using Wattbox from Snap AV, well, they're now Snap One. So there was a time where, you know, some of the Wattboxes were having a little bit of issue after they got a little bit of age in them where they would just randomly reboot. Um, they would not show disconnected from the network, but the devices connected to them would reboot. So I had already scheduled for those to be replaced at the end of the year. So I thought maybe there might be an issue with the Wattbox. However, got on the phone with the office manager there and I'm in Miami. These servers are in West, West Palm beach, a town called Royal Palm beach. So that's an hour from my office here. It's an hour from me in downtown Miami. So I was worried that I was going to have to leave Miami and go visit this client and try to figure out what was going on. But the office manager said, you know what, I'll run in and see what's going on. Um, and he was, lives about 10 minutes from the office. So he calls me back and he's walking into the building um, and he's walking into the server room. So he had called me before he got in and he opens the door. We hear a battery backup beeping and he starts to look at stuff and he says, well, everything looks on, but then he makes a comment of, Ooh, there's water on the floor. And I said, well, that that's not good. And he said, there's water on the keyboard. And I said, that's definitely not good. turns out they had a air conditioning leak. This company, they are on the second floor and the air conditioners, I don't know the exact location of where they are on the roof, but apparently there was an issue with the condenser pan or something happening. So water started backing up and even though he could not see a physical leak, it leaked. And the servers, the way we have them set up, we still have at that client tower servers. So I've got one of the land station, you know, where we've got the bench and all the servers sit underneath. Luckily, there is a about a two inch shelf or there's a shelf that is two inches above the floor. So all of the servers were up off the floor. Um, there's the monitor KVM switch. There's a Datto box and a Synology box all on the shelf here with the monitor. And then above that, I have some plastic bins where we keep the software and cables and all that stuff. So what had happened is right above where the plastic boxes were for my server software is where the leak came dropped down on that box and that box was flooded. So all of the software CDs where we keep the, the keys for the, for the servers uh, was completely flooded. It had dripped down onto the, the desktop where the keyboard and mouse was. And I think the keyboard ended up being okay, but the mouse was shot my admin station actually was up there as well. It's a Windows 10 station that I log into for that client. Uh, for some reason, that didn't come back on. But the servers were fine. The battery backups, in this case, we've got uh, two of the APC 2200 backups. 
Those are off the floor as well. However, the cables that were going back into the wall behind everything, those cables were on the floor. And then the wall behind the servers, there's actually two outlets. And we've got one battery backup into one outlet and the other battery into another backup. And these are all servicing many different servers off of two watt boxes. So all of the servers plug into the watt boxes, the watt boxes plug into the APCs, and that's what happens. So the one outlet is where a lot of water dripped down and shorted out that socket. So I had him move the, we actually unplugged the battery um, because we weren't sure how that was. And I said, take the watt box plug from the back of the APC battery, plug that into the other outlet. I'll be by to check out the, the battery backup and see if everything's working and all that stuff. So he does that. Everything comes back up. They're good for the time. And I didn't have, did not have to leave the ASCII conference went in on Saturday and the battery backup actually was still working, still fine, tested fine. But um, the new phrase I'd like to say out of, out of an abundance of caution, we replaced that battery backup. Again, that was, due to be replaced at the end of the year. I actually, for a lot of things, will do a three-year cycle for things like battery backups, watt boxes, and stuff like that. Servers, this is a client, those servers are five, six, eight years old. So I'm hoping that they'll decide that we do something with those. But changed out the battery backup, changed out the two watt boxes, and reassigned everything there. But um, they were a little worried because they thought, well... That could have been much worse. And I said, yeah, but it wasn't my fault. Um, so we do need to look at something now where I had thought that we had everything good with the servers being up off the floor, even though they're on the second floor. And I wasn't worried about, you know, flooding on the, from the first floor or anything like that. I know that there's a lot of times there's water leaks. If a hurricane comes and, you know, tears off the roof and stuff, so we always do a good job of keeping stuff off the floor. However, I now need to make sure that cables are no longer on the floor. I don't know the the battery backup is here at my office. I don't know if that cable, I don't know how wet it got or anything like that. I'll probably, you know, set it up and run, you know, a, a test network off of it for a while. And, you know, if it's still good, I'll use it here at the office on not as worried. It obviously won't go back into production at a client location, but uh, I can say that was a scare folks. So if you ever do, you know, set up servers and stuff, make sure that stuff is not on the floor. And I'm actually happy that this was a client where I made them put in the two separate outlets and not just two outlets. These are two separate dedicated outlets. So luckily, we were able to utilize the second outlook. They were uh, outlet. Uh, they're probably about four to six feet apart, so they weren't close enough where both of them got damaged by the water. But if we had only had the one outlet there, we probably would have been screwed um, for the time that that water damage um, damaged that wall. So we were able to move the plug over, and they were able to get back up and running relatively quick and crisis averted. So if you're in a situation where you have the ability to put in, you know, a second dedicated outlet and you've got 
Now, this is really if you've got a ton of devices. For instance, I said this customer's got eight servers. I've got the data appliance. I've got a Synology NAS. Uh, we've got multiple switches. I've got two switches for my side of the network. Windstream's got a bunch of equipment in there. Um, I actually have a total of four battery backups in that server room. So we've got a lot of stuff in there. So if you've got a chance to do multiple dedicated outlets, I would recommend that because that is what saved our bacon this time. On a lot of my smaller clients, we don't do that. But if we get the chance on new build-outs, uh, I think we're going to do that. So that is my uh-oh story for the week. All right, let's see here. How are we doing on time? I see people hanging out in the watching here. Uh, if you guys have questions um, and want to ask me anything, you can put stuff in the chat. We are streaming live on both YouTube and the Facebook. So this is a great opportunity to ask me questions that I normally don't get to answer because I don't have a guest. So it's a little free flowing tonight. Let's see here. I do have an email that I want to address. I did respond to this person. But Chris had written me earlier this month and wanted to touch base and gave me an update. We had been talking about my changes for voice over IP service when the whole Freedom Voice fiasco happened. And I had mentioned that I was considering a company called Pulsar 360 because that's where our rep from Freedom Voice went. And I did sign up for a reseller account with them. And I was a little nervous, not necessarily sold on their platform and stuff. Um, but my good friend, Jason Miller and I, we were in constant communications because we were both big on the Freedom Voice train. And Jason had actually ended up going to Intermedia. And so I signed up with Intermedia uh, as well. I have ended up moving... Anybody that was on Freedom Voice that would move, moving them from Freedom Voice to Intermedia, and then, of course, any new clients have been on Intermedia. So I only have two clients left on Freedom Voice, and they're basically, they're saying, look, Marv, we're happy with the service. We don't want to go through a change until we have to, and uh, they're willing to write it out, even though Freedom Voice just sent out an email, I think it was last week, where they said, they will be no longer providing new hardware for accounts. And, of course, we already know that they're not adding new accounts. So you cannot add a new customer to Freedom Voice. And they were continuing to support existing clients. I know that there's been some chatter out there in the groups that people are starting to disappear. Support is getting longer and longer. So I am worried about how long Freedom Voice is going to be viable as a partner. But I did uh, make sure that any clients that I moved off of Freedom Voice, they did not ask for the phones back. So I've got plenty of phones to use for backup. I actually just used two phones uh, a couple of weeks ago for a client that wanted two new extensions. So I had phones here that we could provision. So luckily we won't need new phones and now that Freedom Voice has said they no longer will provide will be providing new phones, kind of worried, worried, uh, worried 
can't speak tonight, uh, about what's going to happen to them and how soon uh, they may just decide that they're done. So anyway, all that to say Chris was just uh, writing, saying that he never ended up deploying Pulsar 360 phones and ended his reseller relationship a while back, still trying to find a decent option. Uh, Chris, I mentioned uh, back in my email, Intermedia is a good solution. I've been happy with it. Uh, but he does write, I'm looking into Teams phone, and we'll see how that goes. So I don't know anybody that's actually been using Teams phone. Uh, if you have, maybe send in a quick little email or uh, click on the uh, little microphone thing on the website, itbusinesspodcast.com, and leave me a message, and we can advise Chris on how Teams phone is working for you. He also writes, I remember you mentioning Arachnus switches on one of the podcasts, and I'm considering trying those out. Was wondering if you still use them, and if so, what your experience has been. They are a little pricey, but willing to give them a try if you had had good luck with them. So I did respond to him and told him that I have actually been moving away from the Arachnus switches, and I think I mentioned this um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I've been actually going with Ingenious and the entire reason that I started looking at Ingenious is because there was a lot of time where Arachnus switches weren't available along with a lot of other switches in the channel. And I ended up having to resort to, and I shouldn't say it like this because I know a lot of you do your purchasing on Amazon. I encourage you that if you purchase on Amazon to use my link and see if I can get a little one to three cent commission. But I ended up going to Amazon because these ingenious switches were in stock and they were reasonably priced. And I got, I think I got two to start. And luckily I needed POE switches for a client that I was doing some stuff with. And they were nice switches. They are uh, managed switches and they worked right away and, you know, the way that I gauge the managed switches is that, one, I want to see that they're fully managed. I'm not happy with these smart switches or whatever the other term is um, where they're not fully managed and you can just, you know, you can do a couple of things. You might be able to VLAN or whatever, but I want a fully managed switch that I can use with both my Net Ally gear and now that I'm 100% in with Domotes. Um, both of those devices, I want to be able to see into the switch, see active ports, see usage on the ports, um, with both, um, my net ally switches and the Dumbo switches. You can actually tell with very little configuration. You just need to make sure that SNMP is on. Um, and even if you're using SNMP three, you just make sure that the credentials are, are proper on both sides but they will see into the switch and tell you, you know, what devices connected to it. They'll tell you, you know, the usage that's going on. Um, the Domotes box will tell you uh, the POE wattage that is being used on those ports. So those are the things that I look for when it comes to managed switches. Now, I know that there's a lot of other things you can do with the managed switch, but that's the, that's the base that I start with. So I have pretty much, I think I'm in... 100% now with ingenious switches and they're reasonably priced. I did sign up for their partner program 
and I have been trying to get them on the show to talk about other stuff. And um, I see uh, Chris Webb in the chat. I've been installing Grandstream network equipment to give it a test. They're actually good. I really like the cloud controller. That's interesting, uh, Mr. Webb. I I did not know Grandstream did other networking equipment besides the phone stuff. So we will have to chat about that sometime. Uh, Ingenious, like I said, I, I like them. Now, the one thing is they've got two different versions. They do have an on-prem version and they have a cloud version. The It's really weird because the cloud version can really just be an on-prem version because you can still log into it locally. Unlike other devices that are cloud only, you can only provision them from the cloud and you may have to make sure that they have internet connection to go up to the cloud, grab their configuration and all that. With the ingenious switches, you don't have to do that unless you want to turn on some of the advanced features. So the switch will work. You can log in and do a little bit of configuration. It doesn't have to be a cloud-managed switch. However, to use a lot of the features, yes, you would need to set up a cloud account and be able to do that. But both versions have been fantastic for me. And the... Other thing that I like is even though they're all POE switches, each model has a partial POE or a full POE. So for clients where I don't think I'm going to be doing, you know, any voice over IP or anything like that, I like to get the partial POE because you never know. You never know when you're going to need to plug stuff in, whether it's an access point, a phone or anything like that. So I've been stocking a lot of the partial POEs and then I get the full POEs if I know that we're doing a full VoIP deployment uh, for a couple of customers where, you know, either I have to piggyback computers behind the phones because the customer won't pay for the extra data jack um, and I know I need that full power. But I've been pretty impressed with them. I'm actually looking at them as well because, Rob Ray, if you're listening, plug your ears, turn away go smoke or do something. But um, I don't think I'll be getting any more of the Datto uh, wireless access points. Uh, They've come out with only the Wi-Fi 6. They're no longer providing the older devices. Uh, The prices have gone up. And even though I am still all in with, I'm not going to say all in, but even though I'm still using Datto for my uh, backup appliances, Uh, the networking stuff, I'm kind of not, I I don't know what I'm thinking with them. So, um, I use Ruckus as my high end wireless access points. And I've been using the Datto access points for my customers that don't really need, um, the performance or the density of a Ruckus, but I'm not quite sold that, uh, Datto is going to continue to provide, you know, that, I I guess, low end access points. So Ingenious also provides access points and the switches uh, have built-in controllers where you can actually can control the Wi-Fi access points through the switches. So I am going to consider uh, getting some Ingenious access points. They are uh, very reasonably priced. I think the one model I was looking at is like a hundred bucks. The other one's 199. Uh, No, no monthly fee. Um, 
Although I think if you do a cloud account, there are subscriptions you can do for certain things, but you don't need to have that in order for the access point to work. So kind of reminds me of, you know, something that was like a cloud tract before Datto bought it to where you can do all your controlling in the cloud. Uh, so that is going to be an option there. So, uh, and by the way, the Chris that I'm reading the email from is not the Chris that I put the comment from the chat in. So thank you to Chris's for chiming in on that. And actually, let me make, make a note here that I do want to follow up on the grand stream switches because even though I have the ones that I use, I think that it's my duty to make sure I know everything that is out there and provide you all with uh, all the choices that are going on. So, all right, let's see. Emails, emails. This is an email earlier. Oh, I'm not going to say who this was, but I had reached out to a couple of people earlier about the show because when I found out that I was going to be doing this instead of my anniversary dinner, I got the, I got an email that said my husband got out of dinner this year because I was in the thick of this elimination diet for food allergies and eating was eating out was just too much trouble, but we still had dinner just at home. And then uh, she gave me a story about today. I had an issue with the Mauerbytes tool set. It would not validate my license because the machine was offline because the date and time was wrong on the computer. Yes, that is been an issue with the Mauerbytes tool set. And it's, it's funny. One of the tips that I like to tell people is if you're using the Mauerbytes tool set, always make sure that before you leave your office, you, you know, if you store it on a USB and take it with you, that you make sure that you take that USB every couple of days or so and fire it up so that the license validates and you don't get stuck at a client site where you're dealing with the machine that's either offline or you take offline or there's no internet because it does have to go up and validate that license. And if it doesn't validate, it won't run. So you have to have internet access for that. So um, glad she was able to find that. It was just because their computer was uh, off a few minutes on the date and time, which is a joy on a network, which leads me to another question. I got an email. Let me find it real quick and I will try to do it fast. So I've been getting emails from Mauerbytes that they are, they wanted to check in and see if I had an interest in an MSP offering. So of course I have some questions I have not done the Mauerbytes MSP plan. So I wanted to find out if some of you had. I know that I looked at it maybe right before COVID and I wasn't sold on their MSP plan. So I don't know if this is a new plan or not, but it looks like they are doing a single cloud-based management console to centrally manage all of your business and consumer products you can pick and choose what type of protection is needed on a case-by-case basis, flexible billing, increased revenue growth while lowering costs with tiered pricing, 
and a product training academy included with direct link to our technical support team. And of course, they asked me, would I be interested in a product demo? Oh, it's called OneView. So the Malwarebytes OneView. So I was going to put out a question to everybody. Is anybody currently using the Malwarebytes OneView? And I don't mind taking a look at it. Uh, I have only been using the tool set, the Malwarebytes tool set, as kind of like my desktop cleanup, uh, checking for any malware, uh, testing the hard drives and stuff like that. I've really not gone beyond that and haven't had time to really sit down and, and look at what other things that I could do with that. So I know that a lot of you out there have been using malware bytes and using the tool set. So if you have been doing any additional stuff, please, please let me know. It, and if you are using the malware bytes one view, that would, yeah, the one view, uh, I would like to hear about that. Uh, I don't have time over the next few weeks to do a demo with them. So, uh, I may just say, yes, I would be willing to do that, but it's going to have to wait about a month or so. In the meantime, I would like to hear feedback on what your guys' perceptions and interactions have been uh, with Malwarebytes. They had been a little quiet lately, um, not as active. Well, they might be. I just haven't seen them. So I don't know, you know how Malwarebytes has been. They have been good to me over the years. And I hope to continue using that tool set. And um, that's it. All right. So, wow. I think I've uh, gone overboard. I was going to ask, there was one other thing. So I got a laptop delivered to me. I had a company called Refurb Connect reach out to me. And I think they were just doing a little cold call. I'm going to bring this up here on the screen. So if you're watching, I brought their website up, uh, Refurb Connect, and they just literally reached out and asked if I would be willing to uh, get one of their laptops and use it and review it and tell them what I thought about it. So Refurb Connect uh, provides refurbished IT equipment at its best, and they sent me all this documentation about what they do and their process, and that they are affordable, reliable, environmentally friendly, and they provide top brands refurbished. And these are wholesale pricing with one-on-one -on -one client support and a money-back guarantee. So I got the laptop, but I have not actually opened it yet. And it was an HP uh, computer with, I think, 8 or 16 gigs of RAM and a 256 gig solid-state drive. So I'm going to be looking at that. So if any of you have heard of Refurb Connect, let me know that as well. I know I'm asking a lot, but, you know, sometimes I got to do it. I can't stay on top of everything. So they, uh, so Refurb Connect, uh, business-grade IT equipment, and looks like they, they do a lot of stuff. And the page that I had up before, they actually list on here their on-site inventory. And they actually show the inventory. They show the CPU, the model, screen size, memory, storage, and the price. 
And all of these prices look pretty good considering what's out there now. Right now, everything is just super overpriced. And these are all, so I'm familiar with the Elite Books. Uh, They have some HP models, the Elite Book, the Elite Book Folio. They've got some Dell Latitudes. And these aren't just your, you know, crappy hand-me-downs. These are, they've got Core i5s and i7 processors. Now they are 4th, 5th, 6th gen, but here's a here's a Core i7 8th gen. That's an HP Elite book. Uh, these are all 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gig. Now that's a little pricey at 719, but a lot of their others, uh, 599, 479. Uh, here's their Core i5s, 8 gigs of RAM, 256s for 399.99. So these are Dell Latitudes, Dell Precisions, Lenovo ThinkPads, ThinkPads X1 Yoga, uh, Dell XPS. And they also give a quantity of what's in stock. So I'm going to probably fire that laptop up this weekend and give it a spin. And I'll reach back out to them and tell them what I think. And I'll see about having them on the show because that might be a a resource for you. If you're looking for, you know, some refurbished laptops, they might be something to put in your Rolodex. All right, so, uh, wow, the show is going long. So normally I would uh, try to keep up with some news stuff. There's been a lot of news lately and some Florida man stories. I know that I've not given you any Florida man stories for quite some time, but let us go through the headlines of just what's come out today. So Florida man, as you know, does not take any time off and on any given day, I think that we have a story that will outdo any crazy story that you have in your city. Now, granted, there are days that Florida man does not win, but it's usually not many. And I'm just going to read off some of the headlines that have happened in the last 36 hours. And then I'm going to read you the story that I think is very apropos for today. So reading the stories here. Uh, let's see, 8-30-2022, Florida man goes viral over car dealership quote showing absurd, absurd cost to replace electric battery. And basically, he quoted a dealership that said it would cost nearly $30,000 to replace the battery in his electric car. Then there is the Florida man arrested after trying to buy child from mother for $100,000, the man was 85 years old and attempted to buy an eight-year-old girl for one hundred k. Let's see here. Florida man pleads guilty to $2.6 million in COVID-19 relief fraud. Uh, Florida man dies in ATV crash. Florida man buys a boat and diamond ring, then pleads guilty to $2.6 million in fraud. It's the same heading there. Let's see here. What other Florida man stories out there? Florida man wins big lottery. Oh my God, he's here to rape us. Woman fights off homeless Florida man accused of breaking into their home. But this is the story that I think you'll find most interesting today. 
only because I started out the show with a happy anniversary to me, quote, and this gentleman, Paul Tarofsky, age 34, 34, out of Hillsborough, Hillsborough County, and that uh, most of you will recognize Hillsborough County as the place where Mike Smith lives now. So Paul Tarofsky was arrested for soliciting a prostitute while he was on his honeymoon. So police say that Tarofsky made arrangements to meet an undercover detective and pay for sex shortly after his wedding, leaving his new wife in their hotel room. Um, That is just absolutely ridiculous because of all things, folks, many of you know, no matter how conservative you are, no matter how prude you are, that if there's one night that you're going to have pretty much guaranteed sex outside of your birthday, it is going to be your wedding night. So what man in his right mind is going to leave his bride, new bride, by the way, on the same day and go out and solicit prostitution? So that is your Florida man story for today. Uh, I know that uh, some of you are hoping for an alligator story. Um, There have been a few of those. Uh, There have been more Florida people trying to escape on golf carts. Uh, One of them on the interstate, by the way. So maybe I should start posting daily Florida man stories. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I want to thank you all for hanging out with me. I see several of you have stayed with me uh, on a no guest night. Uh, there will be more shows. Actually, I think I've still got four or five shows from ASCII that I'm going to be posting daily. Uh, so I hope you guys pay attention to them. I've got several shows already planned for the upcoming uh, weekly live shows. So I think we are booked all the way through, uh, all the way through the end. I think into October, uh, I've got guests all squared away. And some of them are going to be new guests never before heard on the show. So I hope that you will tune in for those and enjoy the show. And I will keep trying to bring you content that is beneficial in helping you run your business or support your business networks better, smarter, and faster. That's going to do it for tonight. I hope that you all have a great and fantastic Labor Day weekend. Enjoy it. Hope you guys have time off. I'm taking time off. Because since we're not having dinner tonight, we're going to have to have dinner at some time this weekend to celebrate 20 years with my wife. I'm so happy. You should be too. That's it, folks. Take care. Have a good night. And we'll see you next time. And until then, holla.